Welcome to Tiger Talk, the podcast for Mercy High School in Middletown, Connecticut, where we talk about everything Mercy, including students, faculty and staff, alumni, and leaders in our community. Learn more about Mercy High School at our website, mercyhigh.com. and welcome to our latest episode of Tiger Talk. And I am delighted today to be joined by an alumna and two of our current Mercy students. And so I'd like to just uh, start by uh, having us uh, introduce ourselves. And so I'll start with our alumna. Hello, Mo, and welcome to Tiger Talk. Hello, I'm so thrilled to be here. Uh, I'm Mo Finn. I'm a 2009 Mercy graduate. Um, and very happy to be here chatting with, I believe, members of our broadcast journalism club and can't wait to, to see what kind of questions you got. That's excellent. And um, our students today. Hi, hi, Jess. Hi, um, I'm Jessica. I'm class of 2022. So I'm a junior right now. And yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. And hello, Marin. Hello, I'm Marin. I am a sophomore now. And yeah, I'm in broadcast journalism. I've been doing it since freshman year, and I'm excited to learn more about the journalism profession. That's great. Thank you. And so, so Mo, I was reading a little bit about you, and you've, you've had a few different jobs that are really interesting. And so we thought maybe if you wouldn't mind just talking a little bit about your career path. Absolutely. I, uh, I always say I was so lucky. I was born in the right year. I was in the right place at the right time. Um, basically, after Mercy, I went to Syracuse University, uh, studied television, radio, film at their Newhouse School of Communications. It was awesome time there. And from there, <laughs> happened to be studying abroad one summer in London, um, two years before the London Olympic Games. And they had someone from NBC, wonderful Ryan Susie, who I owe my entire career to, uh, came to talk to us and met him and connected. And from there, I launched an Olympic journey. Um, so I first worked my first Olympic Games in London in 2012, um, and from there stayed with NBC Sports until 2019, so, so about seven years. I worked four Olympic and Paralympic Games with them, two summer, two winter. Um, at the t- you know, spent some time in there down at Golf Channel, uh, living right by Disney World and <laughs> learning a lot about golf. And since uh, 2019, I have jumped into the freelance world um, and done a lot of stuff. I did a documentary about the first amputee uh, three-track skier and who invented the outriggers to make that possible, um, which was a really fun project. I've been working on a uh, follow series for Facebook following Simone Biles on her way to the Tokyo Olympics hmm. um, and recently have done a lot with client work. Um, did another documentary with HBO last year and have doing a lot, just finished a project with the World Health Organization, um, doing a lot with Google and with Pfizer and kind of all these different corners of the world that are really interesting to dive into. So it's been interesting and ever-changing. That is interesting. So when when you say you're working, on, it sounds like you're doing this really interesting work. Are you in like an interview mode or are you doing behind the scenes work? How, did, how What is your role? Yes. <laughs> yes. You're doing a little all. A little we, all. we do it all. Um, so it really depends on the kind of project, you know, Olympics mainly for the chunk of it. Um, and really what I got into there is doing features and documentaries. So while I was 
doing Olympics, I was also at NBC Sports. So we were doing it for football and IndyCar and the dog show and <laughs> anything that came through. And so basically, you know, you identify a story, um, you go after it, you figure out what, what it's going to be. Um, you go out into the field and you direct and produce it. Um, I have no skill with the camera. So we hire wonderfully talented people to do that aspect of it. Um, capture it. You do the interview while you're there. Bring it all back. Sit in the sit in the edit with a script, put it together, um, and hopefully it makes people happy. <laughs> That's really interesting. So, um, Justin Marion, let's talk a little bit too about the broadcast journalism club. And so, you know, what are you doing as, as part of the club? So, me and Jess, we we're mostly part of the sports group. So we cover like all the different sports at Mercy and do interviews with some of the captains and sometimes coaches. Um, but then overall as a club, the Mercy Broadcast, we do like entertainment and like current events and editing. So there's like a bunch of fun opportunities. Oh, that's great. So all of you, you're doing it all. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really, it's a creative piece. There's some, you know, there's a performance aspect to it. There's technical, there's writing, there's, that's, that's really neat how so many different skills are encompassed in your jobs and in your roles, you know, at the student level, and then also at the professional level. That's really interesting. I know, uh, Jess, I think you had a question for Mo around Syracuse, I think it was. Was that one of your questions? Yeah, definitely. So I was just thinking, so Syracuse is like one of my top schools. I love everything about Syracuse. What made Syracuse's program stand out to you specifically? So it's funny. Uh, I was absolutely convinced I was not going to go to Syracuse uh, because my older sister was at Syracuse. Uh, so my sister, who was uh, three years ahead of me at Mercy, so she was a senior when I was a freshman, um, incredible athlete. She played basketball and volleyball lacrosse and went on to play lacrosse at Syracuse, which is D1 lacrosse. She's just amazing. <laughs> She's incredible. And so I was like, that's it. I came after her at Mercy. I was there for three years and they still called me Eileen. Like, absolutely not. But it drew me in and I had to do it. And so the program at Syracuse honestly is absolutely incredible. And I didn't know what I wanted to do when I went to college. Honestly, the reason I picked Syracuse was because it was liberal arts. And I figured, you know what? If I don't like TV radio film, I can stay. You know, I can stay there and do something else and it'll be totally fine. And then I got there and I loved it. And so to me, the thing that's so great about Syracuse and about Newhouse, which is their communication school in particular, is just the network and the alumni that they have out in the world who love Syracuse. <laughs> you can see in the video behind me, I have my Syracuse swag <laughs> always <laughs> over my shoulder. But people go out in the world from Syracuse and they always want to go back. And so they always want to give back. Um, and honestly, it's how I feel about Mercy too, which is it's a place that shapes you so much that you always want to see people from there succeed in any way that you can help. Mm -hmm. And so on top of the fact that, you know, Syracuse is just, their facilities are incredible. They continue to upgrade and be at the front of it. The professors they have know their stuff, all were in the industry before becoming professors. So have their own life experience. All of that tied together with the alumni connections and the, you know, companies they have great relationships with. I always say, if nothing else, like Syracuse got me to my career because it was through them. I did that study abroad where I met someone, it connected. They have a really good pipeline into Olympics where it's so many Syracuse people in the building over at NBC. 
Um, they're all at ESPN. I mean, it's everywhere. So I think you get a really, really strong, well-rounded education, but you also get joined into this network of people who are going to look out for you um, and really be there to help you give that leg up. Just be ready for winter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. No, and, it's, and Mo, you make such good points too about just different parts in your career, first in academics and then career. It kind of sets you up for that next step. And I kind of, I feel the same way in just the way my career developed and it kind of where I was put me in different spots where then I was able to meet someone who got me in a different door and, and things evolved that way too. So I I uh, agree with you. So with those points about networking and making sure you have the skills and things like that, what were your favorite classes at Mercy? Oh man, it's so funny. I was like, they're going to ask me about my time at Mercy. You have to reflect. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm wondering too, like, did something, did something inspire you? It sounded like you were kind of interested in maybe this type of career, but you weren't quite sure. So So it's so funny. I was trying to think of like, I mean, I really, I enjoyed English and writing, but like, I didn't think, oh, this is what I want to do forever. Or I was really trying to think like, I never really took the art classes, even though I was involved in the more art and performance clubs. Um, I laughed because I played field hockey and lacrosse, but only for a couple of years. And like, as someone who was not a big sports person, my entire career has been sports. (laughs) And funny enough, I think The thing that sticks with me most, like if I had to think about what influenced me most at Mercy that has applied to what I do now, it was the guidance department. And I think about Miss Witt and Miss Bono. Mm -hmm. I was like, you would walk in that door and it was like they had been sitting there all day waiting specifically hoping you would walk in. (laughs) And just this feeling of like, you are so wanted to be here. We want to know everything that's going on in your life and all that kind of stuff. And I think so much of that has transferred with me in what I do, which is when I'm going on an interview, that person is my entire focus. I have their entire background. I want to know their dreams, their desires. Like I want to connect with them on that um, and find that kind of relatable situation. And so it was so funny. I was thinking about it. And I was like, that to me totally encapsulated that feeling of, in guidance, especially, but on a broader scale, mercy, which was you are an individual who is important. And there are so many people around you that you should know about because mm-hmm. they're also that important and that interesting. Um, so I thought that was that was the one that really stuck out to me, honestly. <laughs> That's really insightful too, because it's there's a there's a lot of takeaways from that, right? And just thinking about yeah, that community and just being present and what you're doing at that moment is what you need to draw your attention to and put the effort into. And, uh, and that it might not be, there could be a certain class that just inspires you to do something, but maybe not. Maybe it's a bunch of little things that kind of drives you to in a certain way. And I think too, overall, it's, I mean, the classes obviously were great. I mean, the education was fantastic, went on to Syracuse, which that helps, that gives you that base. But again, I just think the people all around and the personalities, and I think the space that the teachers and everyone in the school give you to grow your own personality and explore that to me carried over more than anything else. That's great. That's great. I know Jess and Marin have, have some more questions for you too. Yeah. So I think we were just, you know, as Mercy students, we are kind of 
like super interested in like how mercy has kind of evolved over the years, like what past experiences were like, you know, past traditions. So when you were at mercy, what were some of your favorite traditions that, you know, went on? Uh, I feel like, and it's funny because obviously a go-to is cake auction. And it's like, I, and I remember, I think we were there, we must've been, I think it was our freshman year. Cause I don't think we had a lot of practice yet. And I remember like the mistake bid where someone held up a number they weren't supposed to and bid like three figures instead of two and like <laughs> the whole auditorium, like our class was like, no. And everyone else, of course, being the, you know, younger ones to the table thought it was the funniest thing ever. It's those things that just totally stick with you. And of course, now I see all the cakes that they're posting. And I'm like, oh, yeah. we were amateurs. Like, we had no idea what we were doing. So that absolutely sticks out. I think the big sister, little sister, if that's still a yeah. partnership that you yeah. guys do, like that pin ceremony and everything else, I think there's a natural inclination in Mercy, I think, for mentorship and for connection across classes. I remember on sports, on field hockey, you know, older students taking interest in you was amazing, but kind of that dedicated, Hey, here's someone that's going to look out for you. Here's a connection that you're going to have and someone to show you the way, um, I think was a huge one for me that I'm glad continues. Yeah. Mercy is just like such a warm, welcoming environment. And that when I first like came to tour here, I was like, what are these traditions like cake auction? Because the school I had went to before, there was never, there's nothing like that. Like, yeah, there's pep rallies, but I was a like, cake auction where we're auctioning off cakes. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're auctioning off cakes. Are you excited? I was like, what? They're like, get excited. I think Mercy is full of a bunch of traditions that really do stay with you, like you said. Uh, you're about to embark once you graduate on the really, really fun lifelong experience of trying to explain to people what your high school is like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The look on their faces where you're like, yeah, well, like we would all raise money. And then like you go and you'd like bid against classes for what? Well, for cake. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, no, it's really great. It's really but yeah, I think it's it's like being part of that really unique, sometimes wonderfully weird community that you kind of get to carry with you forever and attempt to explain to other people what it was like. Mm-hmm. So I know that I personally have inspirations that make me want to go to college, you know, people, places, things that make me want to go and, you know, be something great and do something big. So I just wanted to know kind of like who was one of your biggest inspirations and do they still inspire you to this day? My whole life, my sister has always been one. And in a big way, it's funny, we joke, she's had in some ways an even crazier path than I have in which, you know, she graduated Mercy and she went to Syracuse and she studied TV, radio, film. And we joke because at different times we had the exact same experience at Syracuse. Um, We both took a live sports producing seminar um, and live sports directing. And so we both found ourselves in a ESPN truck during a basketball game different. And this is like two years apart. And she went in and she watched it. And there is this like unbelievable play that happened on the court and she was in the truck she's like did anyone see that like why is no one cheering (laughs) and it's because they're all producing a broadcast and so they're focused on like okay take this you know now cut here that kind of stuff and it was this moment where she realized oh this is not where I belong (laughs) and then two years later I was in that truck and it was the first time I felt that watching sports was exciting and I was like this is where I belong and that sort of thing so it's funny because I feel we had very similar paths up to that one spot And then from there, she realized, okay, I need to make this my own. And so she created her own major at Syracuse and forged her own path where it was 
um, you know, TV, radio, film, and uh, sports management. And so she bonded that together. She went on to coach cross. Then she went on, got her master's in therapeutic recreation. She moved out to Utah. They didn't have a place. So they like lived in a tent in a national park for a month, which just sounds like the most fun thing in the world. Um, and she's now out there. I mean, she's the director of an adaptive ski program at a ski mountain, one of the biggest programs. And so she's always inspired me because she jumps towards what she wants and she trusts her gut to know what she wants. Mm-hmm. And from that has been like my strength to say, okay, this is possible. You can do this. And that I think for me, similar, you know, I left school a week later, I moved to Orlando for a job, was down there very quick. <laughs> moves and some things, you know, moved back to Connecticut, had an offer and within a week moved to LA, moved to San Francisco, like all these things that you just kind of have to jump and you just have to trust that this is what's supposed to happen. And then you have to commit so wholeheartedly to it in order for it to succeed. And so I think that's been such a core ingredient to my success. And I wouldn't have had the courage to do any of that if I didn't have my sister kind of setting that example. Um, So from like a very personal standpoint, I think that's one of them. I think on the other side, you know, there's absolutely professional inspirations. Um, I was lucky enough to work with uh, Molly Solomon, who was the first executive producer in sports television down at Golf Channel Mm -hmm. and just is one of the endlessly positive people I've ever met. (laughs) And so to see her, especially in an industry that you don't see a lot of women in those higher up roles um, was an honor. So she absolutely is an inspiration to me. And then I think just along the way, like the athletes that we've been able to tell stories about and to hopefully do justice to their stories and share them on these platforms. Um, I mean, there's a long list of people and experiences that I've been so blessed and lucky to be at and be witness to that that list could be a whole other podcast. So interesting. And then you recently moved to freelance work. So, so what, you know, what kind of, I'm assuming that gives you more flexibility or or, or freedom. Like what, what do you like about the freelance side of it? It gives you more flexibility and it gives you a lot more fear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You do have to lean into it. Um, Yeah. It's honestly been awesome because I've been doing things that aren't sports for the first time, which has been a really fun way to kind of see what translates from the sports world and also where you have to grow a bit. Um, and it challenges more and everything else. I think what's really fun is every project is a different team. And so, you know, I lucked out that I had seven or eight years working with incredible people and getting to know them and getting to learn from them. But now you get this bigger variety and a bigger diversity of people that you get to work with. And it's quicker and shorter term projects, but you learn just as much from seeing them and how they approach it in ways that you really would have never seen had you not jumped into that world. Um, and it definitely keeps things exciting. It's like, well, I know what I'm doing this week, but who knows what next week will be. That's great. I was wondering, a lot of people think of journalism and they think of like, you have to like have your face on TV. I mean, you don't think of the behind the scenes work. I was wondering for you, like specifically, what does like the typical freelance journalist day look like? Yeah, this is like outside my comfort zone because I know I'm being recorded and I like, I can't be in front of a camera. I <laughs> hate hearing my voice. Like it's, it's awful. So you're absolutely right. I mean, there is a huge world of journalism that is 
in front of the camera, you know, one person banding it and gathering all your own content. But there's a huge, huge part of the industry that are the behind the camera people that you never see. And there's producers and editors and researchers and writers and assistant producers and PAs and just kind of all levels of this. And so there's different routes. (laughs) I would say for me, every day is different. The main part of it is you're either probably in pre-production, in production, or in Mm post-production. And so in pre-production is where you're researching your stories, you're doing your pre-interviews, you're gathering your information, you're sketching it out, you're thinking about the creative. How do you want to visualize the story? How do you want to hear the story? Um, Really, how are you going to make it come to life? Production is attempting to do that and make it come to life. And it's going out into the field. It's doing the interviews, capturing the images, um, working with your team and that sort of thing. And then post-production is when you come back and you're writing your script, you're putting it together, you're hoping that it actually pans out to how you attempted to visualize it. And so really, I mean, the days can be very, very different, (laughs) but each of them are uniquely fun in their own way. I do have one more question. It's sports related though. So in terms of production, how do you do a good golf whisper? It's a great question. And honestly, I have no idea. (laughs) There's a reason that I never called golf. They describe things so well, but they do it in a hushed tone, but it's so easy to understand them. It's so interesting. I still remember um, one of my first times actually out on a golf course at a tournament. You have to learn so much about it. And I remember I got yelled at because I was driving a cart like two fairways away to go somewhere else to get a shot. And it was in someone's backswing and I got in a lot of trouble. For that. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah. that was you very quickly realize at golf, the things that make noise that you never realized made noise. Right, 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 right. For sure. And, and what would you say was your favorite Olympic sport to cover? Honestly, I... As much as I love the Olympics, I prefer the Paralympics, oh, okay. um, which typically happen two weeks after yep. uh, and have had so much fun covering those. And a lot of it because a lot of adaptive sports people aren't really familiar with. So yes. you get to see entirely other sports that way. I think my favorite sporting experience to cover was the Rio Paralympics. Um, we were down there and it was the first time triathlon was included in the Paralympics. And it what the event happened on September 11th, 2016. So it was the 15th anniversary of 9-11. And in the inaugural triathlon, the U.S. women swept the podium and they went one, two, three. Wow. And that included an athlete named Melissa Stockwell, who is unbelievable athlete. I mean, just a beast of a triathlete. And she was, uh, she's a veteran and she was the first woman to lose a limb in the Iraqi war, um, after nine 11. And so for her to be part of this, like USA sweep inaugural, you know, triathlon in Paris in the Paralympics on that 15th anniversary was just unbelievable. And to do that interview post race and just the emotions of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I just, I'll never, ever forget that moment. This has been so fantastic. I feel like I could sit here and talk all day. <laughs> I kind of wanted to know what was your favorite place that you traveled to? I mean, I've been unbelievably lucky. I went to the last four Olympics. So that's London, Sochi, 
Brazil and South Korea, mm-hmm. all of which were amazing in their own right. And it's awesome because you get to go for a month. And so you get to really be there and spend that time. I honestly would say, I think my favorite trip so far, uh, I got to go to Australia um, in the lead up to the Pyeongchang Games, um, to the Winter Olympics. And it was one of these things where the bosses were like, okay, there's three Australian athletes that we need to profile. If you somehow manage to get them all lined up in one week, you can go. I was like, deal. (laughs) Challenge accepted. And so I got to go and it was over my birthday and I got to be there, you know, filming these incredible stories and just these beautiful landscapes. We put an Olympian in a plane, which we didn't get prior authorization to do, but it was awesome when we did it. Um, Like a little two-seater and he went up because he was doing pilot license and stuff. That was incredible. We filmed with one of my absolute favorite athletes, Joni Badenhorst, who has just such an incredible backstory in her own Paralympic journey. So that probably was the number one. I would say Germany was an interesting travel in terms of being uncomfortable and having to figure it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, driving in another country where you don't know the language and realizing you probably should have Googled the street signs before you got on the Audubon. <laughs> Maybe not my best move. But yeah, I mean, all those places have been awesome. I would also say I've been super lucky to travel to a lot of random places in America and see some of kind of the corners of our own country that you normally wouldn't see. And through the work that we do, you get to really know the people, you know, you spend a couple of days with them and you really get there. And that Alaska stands out to me. I got to go there for a couple of days and the athlete that we were filming, a love Kelter, who's a rugby player. She talk about an inspiration in terms of a woman. She's just amazing. And we went and spent like three days with their family and they just showed us Alaska and it was absolutely incredible. Yeah. All of them, I guess is the answer. (laughs) I've been very, very lucky with travel. That's fantastic. And now Jess and Marin, you have a new contact here. I mean, you've just expanded your network. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what I, so funny when we were talking earlier about networks and all that kind of stuff, I always joke, but it's the circle of mercy. It's not just timeless, but it's vast. Anyone reach out for college questions, for internship questions, career questions, any of it. That's great. I just, uh, Mo, thank you so much for your time. And and Jessica and Marin, thank you as well for your great questions. And uh, I think this was wonderful. And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And we look forward to uh, having you join our next one. Thanks for listening to the Tiger Talk podcast. Listen to the latest episodes at mercyhigh.com. Or subscribe to get the latest podcasts delivered to your device, either at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify.